and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have one of our favorite people on who has been on A Better World radio and TV a number of times, and that's Monty Taylor. Monty is a Jungian astrologer, Jungian-oriented, I should say, and mythologist, sometimes called the Joseph Campbell of astrology. I think it's a great, great phrase. And Monty has brought to light so much understanding through the lens of astrology, which is both, as he has explained to our listeners many times, both an art and a science, an ancient one. And it uh, has a number of powerful types of insights that it yields. And I myself have been the beneficiary of Monty's, uh, Monty's readings many times over the years. And I have heard him lecture on the subjects of astrology, which help to awaken and illuminate many subjects that are otherwise not so well understood. But utilizing astrology, one sees so much of what is sort of just behind the veil. And so in that same light, no pun intended, we'll be looking today specifically at 2016, after a quick review of 2015 and the astrological highlights slash historical highlights at this point of 2015. But our main emphasis is going to be looking into 2016 based on astrological arrangements, alignments, conjunctions, squares, what have you, any number of different technical, logistical, administrative matters for an astrologer have tremendous impact on the way we live our lives, the way we see our lives, and what's sort of coming down the pike. There are a couple of very important transits that are in motion that will be showing up in our manifest reality. So from my point of view, as the author and the host of A Better World, we see that really there's much for us to learn. Put and in this way... Hello? Hello? Excuse me one moment. I'll be right with you. Uh, you we can get the benefit of looking ahead and planning ahead for the changes that are to come. And uh, Monty Taylor, as I said, is highly qualified for sharing with us uh, these kinds of insights as we look into the future in general. And in particular, we're going to be looking at something that Monty shared with me recently, which is a rather tumultuous effect of the astrological alignments in some cases you might think misalignments, uh, that will be showing up in our money system, in our use of currency, and our attitudes as well toward it. So, Monty, welcome back to A Better World. A pleasure to have you. Hello, Mitchell. It's wonderful to be back joining you. And <laughs> thank you for the wonderful introduction. Absolutely, absolutely. It's so great to have you on. You always bring so much illumination to our audiences and to me, that uh, it's just so good to tune in to what you have come to understand through your rich background in astrology, history, and mythology, because there's a, a place where they all meet. And, um, you know, I think it was Alvin Boyd Kuhn 
who wrote The Lost Light. He was a mythologist and comparative religionist at, uh, at Columbia University back in the 20s who said uh, that the story is always truer than history. <laughs> That's always so interesting. <laughs> Mythology, well put, you know. Yes. It's so beautiful. So please, well, there would, allegories. give us a quick uh, picture, if you would, of what you see as the astrological highlights first of 2015, and that will help get us into the flow and the, the currency of astrology, if you will, so then we can go from there into into 2016. Thank you, Mitchell. Um, yes, I, I always like to preface when I talk about astrology that it's not fortune-telling and it's not fate. It's cosmic energy and, and it's communication waves. Uh, it's We always talk about the geometry of the celestial bodies. Well, they play something, you know. If Remember back in the 1950s and 60s, you had an antenna for your television on your roof, and yeah, you had ears. to go up and change it. Yeah, you had rabbit ears, or you had something on your roof, and if you were having bad reception, you had to go up and change the angle of the TV antenna so it could pick up the yeah. signal better. That's exactly what's going on with our own consciousness. You see, astrology, it's mythology that gives meaning to astrological information. Astrology in itself is a great big energetic time capsule. It, it runs very much like a train schedule. You have certain planets in regular cycles and in regular relationships to each other. And what where we get our ability to predict from that is by tracing back over thousands of years what happened when certain planets were in certain places. And it's a statistical consistency like you wouldn't believe. In fact, if you just look at one or two of them, like Pluto going into Capricorn, and you go back 243 years starting now, you'll go right back to the fall of Rome. And every 243 years, you will see a very major transformation in the government systems and civilization systems of the world. It triggered the Renaissance, it triggered the Protestant Revolution. didn't cause it, it triggered it. You see, because astrology are electromagnetic vortexes, we call them planets. And when you have a piece of stuck energy, and it comes in contact with a vibration that is not in sympathy with maintaining the status quo, you will see a change being triggered. You see? It's very interesting. And this year, 2016, we're having several cycles. I'm going to start with Neptune, because Neptune is a very slow-moving planet. The outer three planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, these are outer planets. They change society in general. They change world events. Yes, they affect our individual lives as well, but not everybody equally. The planet, when it's moving, has to be crossing over a very sensitive area of the individual's chart. But when you look at the big picture, these are the planets that cause massive transformation and change. Only when they're needed. They're not whimsical. They're not perfunctory. They are, for example, if you look at Neptune right now, 
It has just entered last year into the sign of Pisces. It hasn't been there uh, for 165 years. And Neptune happens to rule Pisces, so it's I was going to say, there is some kind of intrinsic relationship between the two. Yeah. I didn't know that it ruled, but it makes perfect sense that it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's a double whammy. Yeah, it's a double whammy. Because here you have the ruler of Pisces actually in the sign of Pisces. And both Neptune and Pisces rule the oceans. There's another thing people don't quite understand, and it and so what, how would that manifest then, Monty, um, on the planet? How would we see the effect of that doubling up feature? Well, the oceans would that would that become flooding? Would that become you yes. know oceans going beyond their boundaries of the shores? Definitely. And Neptune didn't cause it. It's a cycle to reflect it. If we had been responsible stewards of the planet, we wouldn't have the global Mm -hmm. warming. Global warming and all weather patterns are originally influenced by the oceans, aren't they? They, It's the currents of the oceans and their temperatures. Look at the Gulf Stream giving Europe a much more moderate winter than we have in Labrador, for example. You see, even though they're the same latitude. All right, Mm -hmm. quite simply, what's going on with Neptune right now, just look around the world. The first thing, let's talk about weather. Let's talk about um, oceans. It's been all over the Internet the last few days, and even on the Weather Channel today on television, that there is a massive storm in the Arctic Ocean over a 1,000 miles wide with hurricane-force winds because... The North Pole is one degree above freezing in the middle of winter in the Northern Hemisphere. Oh, my. And, yes, and this little, you know, um, spring shower, as we call it, is uh, about to hit Iceland and England today. Now, this is the beginning of things because there's already extremely acute flooding going on, especially in Germany and many places in Europe. And here in St. Louis, for example, massive oh flooding. That's all that's on television. Missouri, the Tennessee, Texas. The, yes. Yeah. The water levels in St. Louis today were reported being eight feet above flood stage. Now, this is just one thing. Now, Neptune rules oceans and water, all of the planet's water, and you're going to see a lot of our um, irresponsible way of handling the climate is affecting our oceans. Another thing about oceans is the pollution in the ocean is astounding. In the Pacific, there are dead zones larger than the state of Texas floating around in uh, the Pacific Ocean. Other things that there are, are going massive on. amounts of plastic that are yes. strangulating fish, tuna. Yes. Dolphin, whales, totally. and plankton, as well as in the, on the yes. microbacterial level, plankton, and Neptune which is a source of our or- oxygen. Yes, of course. Yes, you see, so it's a it's a ripple effect, and that's the way astrology works. It's like a giant kaleidoscope. Now, add to this very mm-hmm. thing. Just we're still sticking with one planet, Neptune in Pisces. Neptune mm-hmm. rules gas, and Oddly enough, 
since ancient Greek times, Neptune has been associated with earthquakes. They called him the god of earthquakes. And uh, we are having earthquakes all over. What's the thing that they're doing so much uh, in the Midwest, Oklahoma or Arkansas or somewhere, so much fracking? Fracking. Uh, They're having over 500 earthquakes a month. And that's all over in the Internet and the news and you look at the science journals. But another interesting thing uh, is that um, the planetary energies are so volatile right now in terms of water that not only are we having flooding and storms and climate-changing storms, massive, and we're having all of this fracking. Fracking is a combination of causing an artificial earthquake through explosions to release through water the trapped gas in the Earth's crust. And now we're having uncontrollable, massive earthquakes all over the areas where they have been doing this fracking. And if you go into upstate New York, which is a great growing region, Mm -hmm. for years, back since the 1950s and 60s, gas companies have been leasing grape vineyards for the gas rights on the land. And they have been boring these gas wells in the middle of the vineyards. And now if you walk through the vineyards up there, it smells of gas so strongly you would think you're in a gas station on the highway somewhere. It's just amazing. Now, Neptune rules poisons. Now, fracking, it should be said, though, Monty, that fracking is illegal in the state of New York as of this past year per decision of yes. Governor Cuomo. Too little However, too late, what you're saying God it happened. much to his mm-hmm. credit, but what you're also saying is that prior to that legislation, this kind of offensive drilling had been taking place. Oh yes. And the the damage is irreversible. It's already happened. Everything has yes. happened. And I've been saying for the last 10 years, even with the economy, you know, when you have these massive transits of outer planets, you don't notice really the effects until the transit's over. And now we're waking up to the fact that we have, for the last 25 to 30 years, been excessively poisoning the planet so strongly that it's too late to really turn it around. It's going to have to have a a, a rejuvenation cycle that's going to take Decades, if not centuries. We have passed certain very essential tipping points that we cannot go back to. And so we are irreversibly on a certain new trajectory. Um, It doesn't spell sixth extinction, but it sure is hovering around it. And there are measures that we can take that will still avert complete species disaster, but... It's got to be fast and yesterday. Yes, indeed. There's where you bring in the planet Uranus. Uranus is about technology, advanced thinking, innovation. It's in the sign of Aries, which is the sign of proactive pioneering. Aries. So, yeah, there we are. And it's all about, (laughs) you know, the technology we have now to actually reveal the seriousness of so many of the problems. Yeah. Now, so we just mentioned Uranus, and we're talking mainly about Neptune and the earthquakes and the fracking and the gas and the water 
And you can't say it's just a minor little footnote in the world condition right now. This is a very major force being studiously ignored in the media because very the media is corporate-owned. Now, yes. let's add another interesting planet, the outermost planet that works in conjunction with the other two, Pluto. And Pluto rules volcanoes. And we are having suddenly the pre-eruption type of earthquake that precedes volcanic eruptions going off in three strategic places in California and Oregon, which is a volcano belt. Most of those mountains, you know, millions of years ago were active volcanoes. And we're even seeing, I saw Mount Etna is trembling again. Mm. Uh, and not to mention the other places where volcanoes are just as normal as matter of fact, you know, like Iceland and Hawaii and many others and the Philippines, mm -hmm. etc. So you're seeing it. Now, what happens to the atmosphere when you have a lot of volcanic activity? The pH of the atmosphere changes and the climate changes. And the climate Correct. is being assaulted by ocean changes. It as becomes well acidic as, is what happens. Yes, yes. So you're having all a perfect storm of the outer planets suddenly triggering the the absolute ignorance we have been embracing about the health of the planet. And um, we don't have to become radicals, but we do have to become informed, responsible people. So Very true. a lot of people are saying, because the economy is so bad, I had to lease out all of my farmland for fracking. Well, now you see where it got you. What are you going to do about yeah. it? You see, see the I would ask any corporate executive no. right now, how about a little uh, vacation to Iceland now so you can enjoy this 1,000-mile-wide mi storm that's going over with 100-mile-an-hour oh. winds in the middle of the winter, <laughs> you see? <laughs> yeah. So this is, astrology did not cause this. Astrology triggered it because of very unacceptable negative complacency was going on, and Uranus and Neptune and Pluto will always wake you up when you're that far off path. So, so when we you say, yeah, when you say complacency, of course you mean among human beings, and yes, of course, the, mm -hmm. of course, and but when you say trigger, it's an interesting word uh, because it doesn't mean cause. Of course, it's not causal. Right. But is right. it corollary? I mean, when you say trigger, is it reflective? Is it evocative? I, I'm trying to get what the actual meaning is in this context. Well, I would put it this way. The ecological problems are man-made, mostly. Yes. And uh, it is the state of the collective consciousness on the planet of mankind that needs awakening. The earth can take care of itself. It's doing so right For now sure. with these storms and everything else. So it's mankind exactly. that's in trouble, not the earth, you see. That's for sure. So that's really what we're talking about. I'm a Jungian psychologist, and what we do is astrological energies reflect the current state of consciousness in an individual, the 
community, his country, his uh, culture, uh, his uh, worldwide collective connection. It is a reflection of that, and it, that is how it functions. Uh, so in other words, if we were trees, to break this down, if we were to deconstruct yes. this particular example that you're giving us here, Monty, uh, it would be that these these cycles, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, right. would be taking place under any circumstance. They're not doing their cycle because of us. However, the effect of their um, their effect is larger. The magnitude of their effect is larger because we are so out of alignment uh, with yes. our natural cycles and conditions. If that's that, reminds me of something you taught me many years ago of Mars and Capricorn. And you said to me that the effect of Mars and Capricorn is to basically kind of blow through um, institutions in this case um, where there is a lack of integrity and they become disintegrated, if you will. Um, whereas if there is an institution or for that matter a, a family can be an institution that is standing in integrity, it will be like whistling. No big deal. But it's only exactly. if it's something sort of like the Catholic Church or so that the effects would be felt most powerfully. Is that an analogy to what you're saying now about Uranus, Pluto, and Neptune? Yes, and all planets, in fact, but especially the big ones. They work on the collective level, so it's collective group responsibility. And what so we if have we hadn't been polluting, if we hadn't been polluting yes. as much as we've been with the fracking and all else, then this moment in time wouldn't be as severe as it actually is. Is that what I hear you Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's Got make it. it super, Got super it. simple. When uh, Pluto, the planet of ultimate transformation, now the planets don't go after things for the sake of just changing things. Uh, planetary energies interact with what already is. Now, mm-hmm. bear in mind, what already is is the creation of man. It's our life, you see. Now, um, The interesting thing is, if, for example, let's take... Everyone asks about relationships all the time in astrology. Sure. It's quite tedious for the astrologer, but nonetheless... And in my field, of course. Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, With your brilliant insights. Uh, But let's say, for example, the planet of Uranus, which is the revolutionary, the, uh, you know, smash things and strike it with lightning, or Pluto, the ultimate transformation like big earthquakes and things, mm-hmm. it's only going to go after things that are decayed and off-path. So, for example, in a relationship, let's take a marriage, because we all get a lot of marriage clients, don't we? Mm-hmm. If Pluto starts going through someone's house of marriage, and that marriage is a sham of a relationship, if there's no love or respect or integrity in that relationship, you can bet your bottom dollar that that relationship is not going to survive and it's going to have a trigger a crisis that will end the relationship. However, if that same planet, Pluto, goes through someone else's 
compulsive relationships, and it is a loving, mutually supportive, bonded relationship of two people working for the common good and respecting each other, you're going to find the marriage is actually strengthened. Same uh-huh. planet, different effects. Interesting. Exactly. Got yeah. it. What is a homeopathic yep. remedy? It's an intensely concentrated poison that has been infinitely diluted, right? <laughs> so it's a hair of the dog that bit you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Got it. So it, and it. it's very interesting, very interesting, you know. That's why the Bloody Mary was invented in the, in the bars back in the 1920s. It, it gave you a little bit of vodka to get, help you get over your headache from drinking too much alcohol the night before, you see, and a little vitamin C to <laughs> see, oh, That's interesting. Camouflaged by the tomato juice. <laughs> yes. yes. That's and it's very interesting that alcohol is ruled by Neptune. Anything that causes you to have the illusion of security or the illusion of enlightenment is ruled by Neptune. So drugs Neptune are two of great sorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drugs so are ruled very by Neptune. Thing. What is? Very interesting. Drugs. Mm-hmm. Drugs definitely. are ruled by Because yeah. you can use them as escapism, you see. Or to sure. mask the symptom rather than cure it. Exactly. By the way, Monty, I wanted to add, you triggered this in me uh, when you said that gas is also ruled by Neptune. <clears throat> I, yes. This morning on Amy Goodman's Democracy Now! heard, well, everyone's seen the film Erin uh, Brockovich. Well, Erin Brockovich not Julia Roberts, was being interviewed this morning on what is her latest uh, issue, which is in San Diego. And it is the release of methane gas in a certain plant there. Um, I actually didn't get the whole story, but it is so massive that nobody wants to touch it. People have to be evacuated. And it is, she said, one of the largest disasters of basically the last 50 years. I have a feeling it was sort of like online with um, Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania. Yes. And that is going on today, and I'm just smirking right to myself as you're ignoring it. Saying this, they're totally ignoring it, and I was just thinking about your reference of here to the Neptunian effect and influence. And here is yes. the methane um, is about a hundred times, if I'm not mistaken, more polluting a greenhouse gas than CO2. Well, CO2 isn't polluting; yeah. it's only in excess that it has the warming, trapping effect, you know. But uh-huh. methane is actually toxic in itself. CO2 is plant is, plant is uh, you know, it's uh, plant food. <laughs> so the media can ignore it, this crisis all it wants. It's going to make its presence felt, and it is going to have a ripple effect. So after New Year's, when Wall Street opens up again, I'd like to know what the gas stocks are going to be and all of the related yes. industries you see that are going on here. Because this is, uh, we are becoming increasingly interrelated. Increasingly, everything is integrated. So you can't suddenly take 
the storm in the Arctic, Arctic and the gas leak, they say it's an 8,000-foot deep pipe that is leaking. It's the greatest thing since the um, the Gulf oil spill, which was invisible right, at BP. first, wasn't it? Yeah, BP. So this is the equivalent of this, and you see it's very interesting. The two planets are neighbors, Neptune is gas, and the oil spill was Pluto, and they're right mm-hmm. next to each other out there in the cosmos. So interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Let's let everybody know that you are listening to uh, A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We uh, welcome your uh, listening. We so appreciate it. And we also are on television in Manhattan in the Big Apple every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, of course. And if you go to our website, www.abetterworld.tv, you can get on our weekly mailing list, our newsletter, A Better World Newsletter, which announces what we'll be covering in each of these shows, the guests we'll be having when we have guests, which is usual, and the subjects with which we'll be dealing, all of which are designed to help empower us, educate us, and ultimately to inspire us to participate as stewards in creating a better world. So be part of our community. We love your participation. And today we are spending the whole show with Monty Taylor, Jungian-oriented astrologer, I was about to say psychotherapist, astrologer <laughs> and mythologist, who, <laughs> and that's true too, uh, who has just been a, a brilliant teacher of mine in so many respects over the past many years. He's been on A Better World Radio and TV numerous times, and today we're talking specifically about what the influences are mainly right now the outer planets, on our precious Mother Earth. And we'll be moving, Monty, shortly into looking at its effect, the astrological influence for 2016, on our money supply, on currency, and whatever else you see as you peek in through your astrological lens into 2016. Mm Mm-hmm. So please, well, pick it, it up. will be a year of change. Thank you. It will be a, a, a the changes are become have been ongoing, but now they're becoming very apparent. And yes. uh, things always seem to become apparent, you know, when it's too late to get your orientation about it. Uh, but I think <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, and so there's awful. so much uh, Neptunian obfuscation because it's an election year, and everyone has to have diversionary tactics and everything. But eventually, the global consciousness is trying to unify, despite its fragmentation. You see, Mm -hmm. we have been fragmented into cultures and corporate interests. You know, another thing that... um, This was very interesting to me as an astrologer. Another thing that Neptune and Pisces are associated with is slavery. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Yes, and when Neptune was discovered as a planet, the slave issue came up in North America and we had the Civil War. Now it's very interesting because uh, there are warnings all over the Internet and in the media. They're carefully trying to monitor it, and I'm trying not to create any scandals here. But in certain Asian countries, 
the shrimp industry is total slave labor. The shrimp processing plants are buying couples in poverty or individuals, telling them they're giving them a wonderful job, and then they literally keep them imprisoned, wake them up, and work them 18 to 20 hours a day under horrible conditions, and threaten them with all kinds of very negative things if they don't cooperate. And so in literally, even when you saw in other Asian countries, a lot of... uh, technological components and computers were actually being made in prisons or in child labor camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're you're starting to see now that slavery, and even in this country right now, with this great divide... Oh, well, the, thing corporatized, the corporatized prison yes. system, they've been doing slave labor for decades at this point. Precisely. Now, this is Neptune. This is Neptune bringing it to light. Who would have ever thought during our childhood that we would see slave labor, prisons for profit, as an investment on Wall Street? And it is a very major factor. And the economy will suffer if it's not protected, because prices will go up, won't they? Yes. Yes. Also, always when you're looking at any sign like Pisces or Capricorn or anything, you must balance it with the polarity sign. In other words, what sign is exactly across the zodiacal wheel from Pisces? That would be the sign of Virgo. Virgo is the sign of employment and jobs, not careers, jobs, not freelancing, salaried jobs. And you have Pisces, which rules slavery. And right now what you have are wage slaves. Isn't that fascinating? It gives you great insight. And so the fact that now Neptune's going to be in Pisces for another 13 years. Oh, really? They move slowly. Oh, yes. The outer planets move very slowly because if they move too quickly, we wouldn't be able to survive it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's slow transformation. Slow transformation. Yes. It's like slowly cooking. A slow cooker. Yes. Yes, that's what the, that's how the outer planets work on the planet. So fracking. So what be, will be the end result anything. then? What will this yeah, mean the then? If, so is. if there's more light being shown, it's like the emperor yeah. really has no clothes now. So there yeah. is more light being shown on the presence, I should say, on the presence of slavery. For right. the longest time, Monty, I've been saying slavery never disappeared. It ex- it, it became colorblind. It it just expanded. It went underground. It just mm. yeah went underground, but it's always been here. It just goes by a different name now. But you know, totally. Like, uh, <laughs> Now, that's enlightenment. You see, that's living consciously. That's what you're doing to make a better world on your wonderful shows. Uh, So Mm. all we're doing is, uh, see, Neptune in Pisces did not cause all of this slavery. It revealed it. It And I try to tell people that astrology, yeah, astrology is not fortune-telling. Astrology is consciously used. Astrology is fortune-creating. And so when you ask what's the end result, (laughs) that is a matter of collective free will. If we ignore it, 
it's going to blow up on us and force us to make some changes, either economically, socially, politically, culturally. It will blow up on us, or geologically, as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Who ever Literally. heard of a thousand-mile-wide hurricane in January in the Arctic? Now, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or what's happening in, as you mentioned before, Texas, Tennessee, Mississippi. This is unheard of. This kind yes. of, well, 20, 30, 40 years ago, there were somewhat comparable types of con- flooding conditions. But this is so rare. But I, since you mentioned it's fortune-making, that might be a nice segue into looking at the effect of the 2016 astrological um, uh, characteristics regarding currency. Could you talk about that? Yeah. Well, yes, people don't make enough. I am not a financial astrologer, and I'm not even financially literate. I'll be the first one to say it. But I'm a rather well-read astrologer, and I can tell you the way cycles are going to work. And there are a lot of astrological um, financial consultants that uh, are far more specialized than I in this. So people are confusing the amount of money and its purchasing power. You see, that's that's the first thing. A dollar is not always a dollar is not always a dollar. We know that. We know there's such a thing in inflation. We know, and I can tell the millennials listening, I mean, believe it or not, when I was first married in my 20s, I made $54.50 for a 40-hour work week. And we had a nice apartment. We bought clothes. We went out to dinner. Life Uh was all right. On fifty foot now, fifty four dollars and forty cents won't even buy lunch today. You see? Yes. Yeah. And now look at a Uranian transit to a couple of different countries in the past in nineteen ninety one. Let's talk about currency and money, and let's look at Buenos Aires and Argentina in nineteen ninety one. Two years before nineteen ninety one, the currency of Australia of uh, what am I trying to say? Argentina, excuse me. Oh, Argentina. Argentina, right. The I remember your story of, of being in a restaurant. Yes. 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 Uh-huh. And you had to pay for your dinner before you ordered because <laughs> it would be more expensive <laughs> afterwards. It was, And yeah. everyone living in Argentina had to use different currencies, like in those days, Deutsche Marks, euros weren't so big then, you know. Uh, so yeah. anyway, that was a Uranian chaotic mess with currency. Yeah. They had to completely invent a new currency and uh, give it a different value in order for the country to function again. At the same time, in 1991, the people in Moscow went to bed one night in the Soviet Union, and they woke up the next day in a totally new country called Russia. And it took a few weeks, but... It was, as E.E. Cummings said, the great poet, things end not with a bang but a whisper. It just Mm -hmm. gasped its last breath. And there were no tanks in the street. There were no revolutions. But suddenly, everything changed. And then, even if you look at it today, you want to talk about oligarchy here in the United States. Yes, and it's absolutely full, rapidly raising its head. 
This is now an oligarchy or a plutocracy, however you want. And this is what happened in Russia. They talk about fabulously wealthy Russian oligarchs. You know, statistically, there are more Mercedes in Moscow there than there are in all of Western Europe combined at this time. Oh, my gosh. And this is, you see, Pluto always changes things by creating extremes. So now we have the 1% and the 99%, okay? This cannot achieve an integrated balance for sustaining itself. Something has to give. And Mm -hmm. people are just going with it, trying to milk it for all it's worth while they have it. But I can guarantee you, this is exactly what happened in 1929. And Mm -hmm. people don't realize we have other cycles. We have Saturn cycles, which are every 28 years. And we have Uranus cycles, which are every 84 years. Now, it's very interesting. When Uranus, the planet of revolution, democracy, innovation, technology, was discovered in, uh, I believe, 1743, uh, immediately afterwards we had the American Revolution, the French Revolution, and then 84 years later we had the Industrial Revolution. It's Mm -hmm. very interesting. These are cycles. Now, let's move that forward. Then you had what they called the Long Depression which would made the Great Depression of 1929 look like nothing. And that's when uh, the uh, New York City had over 230,000 people sleeping on the floors of police stations at that time in the 1870s, and early Central 1870s. Yes, and in, exactly. in Central Park. Yes, very definitely. And that was the time of what? Boss Tweed... that was the Mm -hmm. time of, again, another polarization when they were getting ready for the privileged few and uh, the Gilded Age, as they called it, you know, where Mm -hmm. so much wealth was in the hands of so few. And people forget, because we didn't have the media, we didn't have everything that we have now, you see. But now Mm -hmm. mankind doesn't have too much of an excuse now because we have the legacies we have, you know, even the arts can affect uh, economics. Uh, one mm-hmm. of my heroes is Charles Dickens. Surely. And his career was from the 1840s to the 1860s in London, okay? Now, Charles Dickens, his books, Oliver Twist, his books, uh, A Christmas Carol, his books, um, David, David Copperfield, showed the light. Because they, of these cities. novels weren't published as books. Uh, you know, these novels were pr- published as installments in a monthly magazine. Yes. Almost like a and soap so opera. People, <laughs> yes, exactly. And it educated the public as to what was going on economically. As a result of Charles Dickens' books, child's labor laws were passed in England by Parliament. And they spread worldwide throughout the empire. You see. Mm. So these, so we're having the it's Neptune sort of like the return. sixty minutes, Monty. It's like yeah. the sixty minutes of the nineteenth century. Totally, totally. You're very, very accurate in putting it that way. Now, another interesting thing is we're having the Neptune return of the height of the career of Charles Dickens. Social change and idealism. Hmm. So that is going to be very all-pervading, you see. 
in the human consciousness. Now, that's going to affect money. So getting back to currency, people don't understand the difference between money, which is simply a unit of exchange, and currency, which is what is it based upon. And what is the dollar? You tell me, Mitchell, you're far more financially literate. What is the dollar based on today? Faith. Yeah, not gold or silver anymore, is it? No. It has been off the gold standard. It first moved, take its first move off of the gold standard, Monty, in 1933, and under Nixon it was completed in 1974. Yes, exactly. And that, very interestingly, from 1971 to 1974, is when credit cards became socially acceptable and Mm, mass-available. So that's when banks figured out that the best investment was in debt. So they created a lot of consumer debt. We're only talking history, not politics. And so right now you're having the um, Saturn return, the Uranus returns of the Great Depression. You're having a lot of these planetary returns re-triggering old lessons that were forgotten or not paid attention to in the past, you see. Mm -hmm. So that is why you're having Uranus innovation, technological improvements, etc. You're having a new phenomena blossoming up on the Earth now called virtual currency, Mm -hmm. things like Bitcoin. And it is really a very, very powerful movement, and it is threatening the status quo. And uh, you're finding that they were just saying all these major international banks are trying to create their own version of Bitcoins, uh, virtual currencies. I personally feel Mm -hmm. it's just an attempt to get rid of cash so that they can control your money virtually through a computer, whatever they want to do. So we have to have an awful lot of rethinking of the fundamentals of legislation. And legislation is not keeping up with technology, and that is the big challenge. That's why you don't see a backlash. That's a very good point. That's a very good point, right? In no way. I mean, when it comes to money, banking, as well as things like drones or or bioengineering or, you know, all of this is far in advance of our legislative bodies. And it's also highly, it's highly technical, even having to do with surveillance and, and all of that, you know, it's far in advance. The trick is... They aren't qualified for actually jurisdicting in many ways. No. That's another conversation. So I try, but please I go try on. very hard to tell in my classes and lectures when people are all upset about this, I try to say eventually as we start embracing the new technologies and uh, we become more proficient with them, you're going to find that the technology can work both ways. The congressman Which can means? be monitored by the voter. You're going to find oh, yes. that the technology, yes, and you're going to find that the technology exists for you to have instantaneous plebiscites. One person, uh-huh. one vote. You will yes. find the entire collapse of the Electoral College 
here in the United Hallelujah. States and in other countries. It should have collapsed 200 years ago, but yes, please yes, go on. Yes, but it was propped up, wasn't it? You see. This sure, is it still is being propped up. It'll be propped up in mm-hmm. 2016. There's no call for its demise because it's easier to control a small group of electoral you know, representatives yes. than it is an entire mass population. I mean, it was, in, it was with Gore, if you remember, in the 2000 election, Gore won the popular vote. Did he become Most president? Definitely. And that That's happened before, well. too. <clears throat> uh, exactly. Before. So please go on. Now turn your analytical talents to the Federal Reserve. <laughs> yeah. There's another one. And Uranus has its in its target sites, you see. Yes. And you so have people that are being like? diverted. Well, go back. What, what do you think go that would look right like? Now. Well, you're going to find that the Federal Reserve is going to be the biggest example Collapse. of the Emperor's new clothes uh, uh-huh. going on the planet. And the trick is the general public has been dumbed down very deliberately. We do not have an educated middle class anymore. We don't we have hardly an have a middle class. class either. Yes. <laughs> right. And but the interesting thing is <laughs> that was good. All yeah. of these artificial fiat currencies, like the dollar and everything. I mean, right away they were panicking a few years ago. What if the international price for oil? were changed to euros instead of dollars. It would have absolutely destroyed mm-hmm. uh, so much of the investment economy, you see. Mm-hmm. Well, that subject is coming up again, especially with bitcoins, because now I've been reading many articles, and I can only repeat what I'm reading here because I'm not a financial expert, but the uh, virtual currencies are going to take over the dollar and all of the other, the euro and everything else. Uh, it's mm. not going to happen in a week or two or a month, but it's going to certainly happen within five years, gradually. You see, people have so much rapid change, they suddenly notice that it's taking place. Yes. So right now, from what I'm reading, the advantages of a, 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 a virtual currency account, a Bitcoin account, for example, is if you have debt, your account cannot be seized. Uh, you can convert it into any other currency you want. You can even go and buy an airline ticket. In fact, right now, there are more and more. A client came into my office today and says, Oh, Monty, I saw that thing about bitcoins. And it said, Here is an advertisement where I do a lot of online shopping. And they Mm -hmm. said, We take uh, all these credit cards and we take bitcoin." Bitcoin. Oh, so my. Shopping online is now accepting Bitcoin. Hello. But in order to buy Bitcoin now, you have to use an existing currency. No. You simply nope. go and open an account, as I understand it, with the Bitcoin people. Apparently, you know, my, my son called me from Paris. He's got one. He went down and just opened it at the Bitcoin office there in Paris. And he said, there's one right here in New York, and it happens to be on Wall Street. How convenient. (laughs) So you go down and you open up an account the way you would open up an email account. Mm -hmm. And then if someone wants to pay you in bitcoins, they simply... uh, It's it's a virtual currency like the dollar is today, but they're, they're revealing what the dollar really is. 
Mm-hmm. The dollar is not based on faith. The dollar's value is, as I understand it, determined by its popularity and frequent usage. The more the dollar is used, the more it's worth. Now, no, I understand, but there's an interesting relationship between faith in using it and its frequency well, of use is related to a consensual agreement among people that it has value. Whether Look it what has they no put on the dollar value. a few years ago. They put in, in God we trust. <laughs> we yeah. trust. There's faith, you see. But, you know, we've yeah. had this with a massive uh, fight between the executive branch of the government. I believe it was under Andrew Jackson, who hated the Bank of America, the one we had then. Yes. I think it was called the Second yes. Bank of America or something like that. And mm-hmm. that was an almighty row about the dollar, and that was what led to one of the first massive depressions the country ever had. See, people think we only had one in 1929. We've had four or five that yes. were absolutely right. horrific. You see, people just don't understand their economic history. You see. Oh, so now exactly. we have... Yeah, we have the power of the Internet. It is a new way of exchanging everything from money to ideas. Right now, if you had a massive power failure and you couldn't access your Wall Street accounts and Wall Street couldn't process the trades, what would happen? It's not because (laughs) the dollar lost its value. It's because you couldn't function with it, you see. So there's one of the vulnerabilities, in my opinion, of these new virtual currencies. And I always Mm -hmm. say, in my opinion, as soon as you get virtual financial transactions, you are going to have hackers by the legions trying to infiltrate it. So there yes. will be a lot of chaos, but Uranus rules chaos. So what I want people to know, these are just not two people in a boxing ring, the banks and the public fighting things out. This is a multifaceted attack from many different sources on what currency is. To put it very simply the way I started out doing this economic research, and I didn't have to look very far because everyone else is also doing it and sharing the information on the, the astrological mm-hmm. chat rooms. But quite simply, the first thing you're going to see is that the alignment of exchange between different currencies is not going to maintain stable stability. So right now, here's an example. You suddenly have... The Chinese yuan and the Chinese renminbi, those are two different currencies in China. The renminbi are simply for Chinese nationals who live and are Chinese citizens. And the yuan were for foreign visitors and foreign exchange things that were happening. Now they're putting them up in the international market, you see. And so you're having all of these different currencies. Just look at the... Greece, for example, you see, this is where the over-exploitation, you see, quite frankly, the international corporate and banking system together are killing the goose that laid the golden egg, and the goose is the middle class. Mm -hmm. And they have been trying to make their profits on paper or on a little virtual screen on your computer through selling debt. People are investing Mm -hmm. in debt. People are buying debt. 
I have clients that have uh, not paid credit card balances, and one credit agency takes it over and sells it to another one and sells it to another yes. one, and that's what is right. the basis of the mortgage crisis. I have another client whose mortgage one, one has of the been bases. sold. One of the bases, yeah. Yeah, it's been right. sold so many times, his mortgage, times, that they can't yeah. figure out who owns this house. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Well, and they foreclose anyway, and the people become dislodged, literally, and you have another social crisis on the, on your hands, you know, for the local yep. city or state. So it's a completely yes. perpetuated negative cycle that is based because on profitable. ephemera, on shimmera. Yeah, someone's making money off the case crisis, isn't, aren't they? You saying people so have been selling debt for a long time. In fact, mm-hmm. a bond is selling debt in itself, and Puerto Rico talking about such things is a is seventy two billion dollars in debt right now, in yeah. no small measure to hedge funds to the two of fourteen to twenty billion dollars of debt, and it may be the largest. It may be the largest bankruptcy to ever occur in United States history. It's literally on the verge, and the United States government has done nothing to help it. But from an astrological point of view, that is part and parcel of virtually everything I hear you saying in respect you to the finance yes. and the economics. Is that correct? If the situation were not there, if we had not been investing in debt as a commodity, for the last yes. 40 years, Correct. we would not be having these problems. Just as if we had not been fracking, we would not have 500 earthquakes a month in, in Arkansas, wherever it is. Exactly. Exactly. So, yes. And then it's a chain reaction. So this is how astrology works. Astrology comes in and gives you some options. Oh, do you want to have investment income? Well, let's invest in debt. What's the easiest thing to do? That's how the credit card, there was a wonderful documentary, which I noticed they have really taken off the television, uh, but it was about the origin of the credit card, and it was uh, invented to give South Dakota an industry. All of the people, the unemployed in South Dakota, thousands of people, worked in these little cubicles processing sending out unsolicited credit cards and processing all the purchases and everybody. And the public said, oh, this is wonderful. This will help tie me over for a month. And then it got out of hand, you see, because it wasn't Mm. used consciously. Just as fracking, if you did it once or twice, maybe, might have even been a good thing. But when you start making it the mainstream source of natural gas at the expense of the integrity of the Earth's structure... You are getting yourself into trouble. So so this is what we have to learn from. That's why they say experience is not only the best teacher, it's the only teacher. Mm. Indeed. So what should people then, as they look forward into 2016, Monty, um, be aware of as they are transacting with money, and seeking to understand the underlying currency that is uh, underway at this point in time. 
What should people, well, I would what say, practical uh, measures might people take? There are none. How are you going to survive without practical, methodical, accountant-like measurements? This is Jung's wonderful domain of the left brain and the right brain. The left brain is brilliant, logical, linear, deductive thinking at diagnosing problems, but it is not capable of solving problems. That has to be done mm-hmm. on the balance of the left and right mm-hmm. brain. So right mm-hmm. now, to come up with a simplistic solution, it's impossible because there's too much flux and chaos going on. And too so, many variables. Too many variables. And, and because it's going to take that many variables to come to a settlement. You see, it's got to work its way through the system. Yes. It's not going to be in 2016 and there's not going to be an election and everything's going to be fine again. No. No, this is an ongoing decade-long phenomenon that will have its crisis point this year. So the number one thing I would tell people to be thinking of in terms of uh, their finances is to be versatile and aware and adaptable. This is where mm-hmm. Charles Dickens was more correct than he ever was before, right now. The strongest species is not the strongest animal. It is the most adaptable the most animal. adaptable. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Biodiversity is what it is for purposes of survival and ultimately thrival, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. to thrive. But there's uh, great danger in it. And there's great danger in this kind of chaos. This is exactly, again, we're having the planetary returns of uh, the time in the Weimar Republic, was it, between World War One and World War Two in Germany? Yes. I knew where you were going with this. Absolutely. Yeah. There we're is having the, the exact... The, yeah. That you are, where you're going with this is that we are looking at, we're staring in the face of fascism. Because when things become this chaotic, there is this Mm -hmm. seeming fundamental urge, I will put it as of the reptilian brain, to have a greater sense of order, and orderliness usually comes in a political package called fascism. And with the kind of technology technology that we have today regarding surveillance and the like, Mm -hmm. it starts to become beyond Orwellian, something I don't think Orwell would have ever dreamed up, how extreme the current conditions are. So, welcome to a brave new world, or at least let's welcome a new world that will require extreme bravery, I would put it that way. Yeah, right. uh, That's very well put. That's very well put. One of the biggest... From this... Yeah, please. No, go ahead. Well, you know, it's interesting. I worry most about. Yeah, keep going there. I'm sorry, there's a delay. One one of the, exactly, I think we're on the same wavelength there. Uh, What is going on, what what you're, and what I'm saying is that this allows for the upsurge of interest in someone like a Donald Trump. And I certainly can't let you go today without some taking a look at the political landscape of the United States in respect to the upcoming election year and what you, from an astrological point of view, Monty, see 
looking through those lenses? Well, I see the consequences in the United States of years of educational neglect coming to a crisis because you do not have idiotic leaders elected by an intelligent, well-informed public. Uh, people back, like in the days of ancient Rome, they all spent their time at the Colosseum, you see, uh-huh. watching for entertainment while everything, all the yeah. powers were being stolen, and the country was just about to fall, wasn't it? it yeah. The, the, yeah. the fall of Rome happened from within, not from without. Yeah. And they had, you know, they were even inflating things. They were taking the silver out of their coins and replacing it with tin. That's exactly what they're doing with dollars the more they print them. You see, they're taking the real value of it out. So you have public looking on an emotional level, an emotional knee-jerk reaction to certain figures that are megalomaniacs, narcissists, who know how to raise up the rabble of a crowd and um, ride the wave of popularity. But they mistakenly think that they can uh, work with governmental consent. They can't. That's why they have to turn Mm -hmm. overnight into a dictatorship. And they have to be very careful this time because they have been, for the years, been putting in very dangerous economic policies that aren't even laws. Let's, one thing that I have a pet peeve with is the credit report. The credit mm-hmm. report of someone is nothing more than, what do you call that, what bookies use when they're trying to decide what horse is going to win something that's a statistical kind of thing, you know, what I mean. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. But they're mm-hmm. misusing it. It's, uh, you know, you've been with um, a company for a long time, and let's say you have problems with another company, and you get a bad credit report, and the company you've been with a long time as a good client suddenly withdraws your account. You see? The worst yeah. thing is that they are using, misusing, in my opinion, the credit report for people to get a job. People who are unemployed yes. have bad credit, and if you have bad credit, you cannot get a job. Yes. Now, where's no, the I understand. In There's, uh, it's one level of complexity on top mm-hmm. of another. But I want to I direct our focus to this presidential horse race, I mean election cycle. And I'd love well. to hear what you have to say about, from an astrological point of view, uh, what is the landscape? What does it appear to you as uh, who is kind of uh, – what, what is the condition of votership? Of course, you already made reference to the fact that the educational level of this country is so astoundingly low. In fact, I wanted to really say, since you were talking about the credit card issue – um, plus its origin, that student debt outstrips, believe it or not, credit card debt in this country, and it is well over a trillion dollars. So what does that mean about a society and a government that would faster bankrupt its upcoming generations through a willingness to go to school and get educated who emerge from school 
four years of college or university, a hundred thousand or so dollars in debt, and that's if they don't become a doctor or a lawyer, where it would be closer to two hundred thousand. So, what does it say about our government and banking system that is willing to do that? That's one conversation. So. Education is going down and down for so many reasons and has become an economic machine instead of, let's say, an academic and an educational and a, you know, a research-based um, and artistic machine for schooling purposes. It's become yeah. a sports-generating, you know, professional game-playing, athletic machine unfortunately the mm -hmm. uh, coaches of football and basketball are making far in excess than some of the presidents of the very same university why because they are bringing in such bag loads of money into mm -hmm. university so it, it's lost its integrity that's my point across the country yes including the ivy leagues it is a shadow of what it once was. And it had problems all along. Yes. But as mm -hmm. you're saying, you know, astrologically, everything is coming to show. You know, everything is coming out and being revealed. So coming back, though, to what the political landscape looks to you, what is, let me ask specifically, do you see based on your understanding astrologically, that there is any greater position for a third-party candidate in the 2016 election. Bearing in mind that in Spain, in Greece, and probably a few other countries I don't know about, the third parties have risen in stature to such an extent that they have actually dominated elections. Is that yes. possible in the United States? I think in a couple of cycles. I don't think for the next election it will happen, but I think it's on its way. And this is a global collective thing, too. If you look, for example, to our northern neighbors, Canada, they have just had a total upset and had the liberals sweep every parliamentary seat across the country, coast to coast. And we now have... Uh, Justin Trudeau is Prime Minister of Canada, who is the son of Pierre Trudeau, who was Prime Minister back in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. And so if you just... And this is an astrological cycle, isn't it? You see? Yes. We're repeating. Didn't we go back to 1971 and saying, aha, look what happened to the mm -hmm. currencies, you see? So, mm -hmm. quite simply, the biggest thing you're going to see over the next decade, and whoever is president is going to have to suffer, the consequences of it is, as of today, you cannot tell the difference between corporation <laughs> and government. The, yeah. the government that is causing all the student debt are the banks and the corporations. Right. And when you talk about the sports coaches and the money exactly. they bring in, that's not a governmental objective. That is a corporate ownership objective. Very true. Yes. And yeah. so you're right. There's a blending. Clarify this. Scary blend. Mm -hmm. An unholy alliance, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And it's a it's a mentality of people thinking so just up for their own interests, and they now Neptune also rules collective consciousness, 
and mm-hmm. idealism. So you're going to find this massive backlash here, like you did in Canada. And both Canada and the United States are Cancerian countries. They both have their birthday in July. Oh, so Yes. So you're going to find, you know, you know, an awful lot of backlash and change. Uh, the um, the public is really on trial more than the candidates, and the public mm. will get what it deserves. You know, oh, that's when the scary. United States say that. <laughs> re- when the United States reelected Nixon, they got what they deserved, and look what happened. Watergate Indeed. was revealed, and he was forced yep. to still resign, you see. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're going to have that kind of a situation. I must say um, the leading you know, candidates do not have good charts, except for that Bernie Sanders. And he is really? reflecting, but you see, yes, he has a very good chart. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of problems in Hillary Clinton's chart. I'm not saying she's a bad candidate, but I'm saying she's got some challenges in her chart that I wouldn't want to have if I were in her position. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, it's all about riding the support. For example, Pardon? what is it that you see in her chart? Well, look at for example, she has an enormous problem with popularity and credibility. No matter yeah. how much people like her, people are always saying you cannot trust her. She has mm-hmm. a Scorpio ascendant. That is the first oh. thing you say about Scorpio ascendants. You cannot trust oh. them. They're outthinking Ooh. you. They're outmaneuvering you all the time. That's the lower octave of Scorpio, and that's the way she's oh. perceived. We're not saying that's the way she is. Yes. So um, forthright direct communication is the greatest enemy of uh, obfuscation and um, chicanery. Yes. You see, and so the more forthright, and sometimes people are really proving how unworthy through the forthright communication that they are. Interesting, <laughs> right, right, mm-hmm. very true. What else is it about her her chart that alarms you, or raises an eyebrow? Well, least? nothing alarms me about her being. I'm just saying she's going to have a hell of a time successfully overcoming uh, that. Uh, perception. Yeah, she just doesn't yeah. have the, she doesn't have a unified field of support. Yes. Whether she deserves I it or see. not, maybe she does, you know, but she does not well, have, I don't know, that's people a very can't abstract make up their minds about question. her, you see. That's right, I understand. Well, what about Bernie Sanders in this respect? What do you see there? There's no doubt in anybody's mind about where he stands, so the only problem he has is the extreme reaction and fear base because he will take away the power structure of the hidden government of corporate America that's running the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that's going to be a very noble hero. What is hero his sign and what is Hillary's sign? What is his sign and what is Hillary's sign? Um, what is their sign? I can't sign? even... Their sun signs are... Um, I don't even have it in front of me, and I don't know. I know... Uh, Hillary is a Scorpio. Her she, oh, she, but she, you said she has a, a Scorpio ascendant. She's a double Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Oh, double Scorpio. Ah. And you don't mm-hmm. recall what Bernie is? No, but I'll tell you in a minute here. I've done his chart. It's okay, on my fine. computer here. See, okay. I do too many charts. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he's a, a Taurus, but he might be a Libra, the sense of justice. Well, you know, well, look at a it. strong sense okay. of justice. Here, I'm just pulling it up um, but right his now. aesthetic isn't yeah. the strongest. <laughs> Here I am guessing. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the vulnerability, not of him, but of the American public that go by yes. package and aesthetic instead of. Yes. So, yes, exactly. if you use the regular Western Placidus system, uh, Bernie is a Virgo. Integrated, oh, okay. no nonsense, practical. Wouldn't you apply all right. those things to him? Idealist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And his um, his ascendant, his rising sign, is uh, Aquarius. Gemini, the communicator. Gemini. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. And his so moon, his relationship in to his the public. Yes. Yeah, very electable. His, uh, because, you see, he has an Aries moon. The moon in an individual's chart, yours and mine, wherever the moon is, that describes the way the public relates to you. And they look to him as the champion, the Archangel Michael, the warrior champion. They look at him, and he is a fighter, isn't he? Yes, he is. If you look at Henry, uh, Hillary Clinton next to him, I would say chess player or strategist. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. And then it's we don't have to waste Martin. our airtime talking about the other people running. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they don't gain any ascendancy, I agree with you completely. Um, yeah. But, you know, that only that tendency toward fascism that we referenced before because of the uh, reigning chaos um, gives yes. some primacy to someone like a Donald Trump. And uh, that's always, uh, you know, I don't want to be trumped by Trump, let me put it that way. <laughs> but no. um, I'm thinking that uh, uh, there was a very funny Facebook uh, post- posting that said something like, God knows, you may have even put it there, which said something like, uh, back in the 60s, and there was a photograph of Hillary Clinton, who was a Goldwater Republican, and there was Bernie yeah. Sanders, who was in Chicago, and he fighting was the with the civil rights. Right. <laughs> right. right. I thought that was brilliant, you know, that was brilliant. Well, Hillary Clinton you know, is a double Scorpio, and her mm-hmm. moon, her relationship to the public, is Pisces. Oh, that's just the one thing you say about Pisces is I can't get a feel for who they are. And here you have a Scorpio ascendant, so you can't get a feel. You can't ever feel you're connected, really, with the genuine, real Hillary from her chart. These are some of the problems she's got. It has nothing to do with her competence. It has everything to do with her style. And the American public relates to style, you see, more than anything. Correct. Correct. Very Mm -hmm. interesting, Monty Taylor. Very interesting. So it's like getting a a read on the pulse and, Mm -hmm. you know, getting a little glimpse into what might be. For my own two cents, I would love to, and I'll have Dr. Jill Stein on the program again. I had her on back in the 2012 cycle. Uh, who is the presidential candidate for the Green Party, 
And Mm -hmm. uh, that's where you do not have to be concerned about the legitimacy or the integrity of the candidate. They are, she is not sold out. She owes no one any favors. You know, it was a phrase that used to be known called political science. Now what we have is political. There's no science involved. Yeah, exactly. For the, the, the science of deal making. Yeah. So to just you know advise our all uh, our listeners who are interested in astrology or who are you know advanced astrologers, if you want to see the way a client's going to fare in the election, take yes. the United States birth chart yes. and put the chart of the candidate around that, and you're going to see the it's the same thing you do for a marriage. This is what I do a lot of people. What is the marriage between? Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. Very. People used to say, "Will Obama be president?" And I used, yeah. But when when Obama was running, people said, "Well, who who's going to be president?" Uh, And I said, "President of what? What will he be president (laughs) of?" He was president (laughs) of a divided country that had an open, blatant commitment to sabotage him. Yes. Now, that's yes. like saying there's a hurricane in the Arctic, something you would never say. Why in the world would that happen? You're in, you yes. see, Pluto's all about power plays on his lower octave, and he's in government, the sign of Capricorn, which is government and corporations. You can't tell the difference between the two. This is a corporately controlled government, no doubt about it, not only mm-hmm. here but in many others. It's and a corporatocracy. We call it a corporatocracy. Yeah, most definitely. And so what's going to happen is, oh, corporations are loving all this power until they realize when you have a crisis, it's not necessarily profitable to have all this power. Katrina was a perfect example of it, Hurricane Katrina. All those lobbyists didn't know what in the world to do except point fingers at each other and hide. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Because they didn't want to take so responsibility. That's the Is that it? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the complexion of 2016. It's going to so be accountability. It's going to be the chickens are coming home to roost. And for good or for bad, better or worse, it's going to be very dramatic so that change is not an option. In other words, you it don't is have a requirement. the choice of not changing. It is a requirement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. That's very, very important for people to hear. So there's no longer people sitting on the sidelines. That's right. That's what I'm hearing you, you say. You can't do that. You can't there's do that. Involvement. So that's why the millennials must wake up and vote. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Monty Taylor, this has been most illuminating. I really appreciate your input here. Um, Accountability is something that should have been part of the equation all along, but, you know, the uh, stage got dark and the theater went shadowy and much hell 
happened behind the scenes in the back room. Yes. Like you're saying, uh-huh. of corporations and governments, and we no longer uh-huh. have, I don't think it's a mistake, symbolically, that we we have a failing infrastructure. It's like the skeleton uh-huh. of the country itself is itself right. in decay right now in exchange uh-huh. for the, you know, kind of the, the sexy style subjects that politicians decide to run on. Nobody gets elected based on infrastructure. And that, honestly, is an indictment of the American people, as you were saying yourself before. It's not about them. They're simply, you know, supplying the demand, if Mm -hmm. you will. Am I being clear? You're very clear. You're absolutely right. But just hold on. 2023, which I believe is only seven years away, which is a Saturn square. Uh, yes. Then you're going to see the grand debacle worldwide. That's when Pluto moves into Aquarius. And that's when it's going to be oh. a whole totally fundamental ball game. And it will coincide with Saturn squaring where it is today. And that's going to which be quite something. Which is to say, Saturn, when it squares a particular time period, like everything happening now is going to be severely challenged in 2023. Severely challenged. It's only seven years away, not that long. So if you're thinking about 30-year mortgages, put that in your pipe and smoke it. You know? it's yes, be, and indeed. The, by that time, the mutation of currency will be well, well underway. But then you're going mm-hmm. to see where it comes home to roost, you see. Mm-hmm. But so, it, it and sounds then, like there's going to be some pl- pleasant fireworks come Pluto yeah. and Aquarius. Reminds mm-hmm. me, of course, of the song from Hair. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, and well, it sounds they are like there could right be now. a reign of greater peace. Yes, there could be. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there the will be, because Uranus is also involved, and Aquarius is involved. You see, you can't take one thing out of context in astrology. That's how you get into trouble. Indeed. But when you see the balance of the way it's all fitting together, you're going yes. to see, wow, the new reality cannot in any way possible be based on the outmoded structures that got us to where we are. And we're not talking about minor tweaking of things or taking turns with political parties being in dominance. You're talking about total, absolute, fundamental structural change. Oh. Oh. Some of us would say, why does it have to take so long? We've been petitioning for this from childhood nearly. <laughs> but now what? Well, you were ahead of your time. You see, that's the big frustration with all visionaries like you, uh, Mitchell. You're ahead of your time, and we had to wait for the public to wake up to realize how they're being duped, as they have indeed. many, many times before in other centuries. You see? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We're being so uh-huh. duped, Monty. It's just a... It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And so to the extent that astrology can help to uncover some of the energies Mm -hmm. beneath the outer appearance of things is very, very interesting. And um, I thank you for your beautiful work because it's uh, seminal. Well, it's my pleasure always. Thank you. 
Absolutely. I hope it helps. <laughs> we try to oh, be positive. Oh, yes, indeed. You have given us much mm-hmm. to reflect upon, and I thank you for it. Please give the audience your website, and you are available for individual readings and couples readings. And you and I have exchanged people over the years with my counseling and coaching work and yours with astrology, and I think that's such a beautiful mixture. I really do. It's um it's well, just thank rich because the benefits go to the party so powerfully. Uh, what is your website and what is the phone number if people want to get in touch with you? Well, if anyone wants to get in touch with me directly, my website is montytaylor.com. Simple. M-O-N-T-Y Taylor.com. And right, my telephone with a contact... Yeah, Monty with a Y, Taylor.com. Or the telephone is 917-836-6023. One more time, please. And I'd be very helpful. 917-836-6023. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Monty, truly such a pleasure. You do such good work. Thank you really, again. Really appreciate your gift. Look okay. forward to seeing and a happy, happy new year to you, Mitchell, and all your listeners. Happy new year to you, too. We'll talk soon. <laughs> all best. Very soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Good night, now. Monty Taylor, uh, truly astrologer extraordinaire, as we say, truly. Uh, very thoughtful, very involved, very committed, very deeply caring. He's got the creative, the artistic as well as the scientific understanding of the art. Yes, that's right. A scientific understanding of the art of astrology. Because astrology, as with everything, is based on physics. And the way I like to put it is it touches upon both the quantitative, where we usually speak of astronomy, relationship of stars and celestial uh, beings, so celestial bodies, and the qualitative, that is, as Monty was saying, you could say the mythical and the symbolic, what we as humans have invested in the relationships as well as in the bodies themselves and what they have come to represent and their interactions therein, uh, of course, are what are triggering, as Monty was saying throughout this show, various events on planet earth so i want to just thank you all for joining us here today remember our website www.abetterworld.tv and my own website for uh my work as a coach communications stress management and working with businesses coaching people to another level of excellence and empowerment that's the game. And uh, in fact, I do a lot around the area of couples counseling and coaching, as well as businesses and partners and how to get along, how to be harmonious in the face of tremendous trouble and chaos these days. How can we keep our integrity aligned, be creative and profitable? It's possible and it's likely with a certain amount of good thinking and coaching. 
So on that note, you can go to www.mitchellrabin.com, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, Rabin, R-A-B-I-N.com. Thanks again for joining, and remember that A Better World is here to serve you, and we so appreciate any uh, donation. We are a 501c3. It becomes a tax deduction, and at this time of year, we so appreciate it, so you can make your year-end donations to us and keep us alive and sustained on the airwaves. Thanks again. My direct number, by the way, is 212-420-0800, 212-420-0800, and I love hearing from you with your comments and your feedback, mjr at abetterworld.net. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Happy New Year!